0: Oh, with a mere 83 days to go until the Brexit deadline what? Does our unwritten constitution suggest could or should happen in the event of Mr Corbyn's fears coming to pass? Would the Queen need to be involved or the courts? If Parliament had been dissolved, might the unelected Cabinet Secretary have the final say? I'm joined now by Professor Meg Russell, Director of the Constitution Unit at University College London. Thanks for coming in. In the next few months, could a Prime Minister simply ignore a vote of confidence, push a no-deal Brexit through, stay on as a caretaker Prime Minister until a general election happens?
1: Well, that's quite a bundle of things. But I think the short answer to your question, can the Prime Minister ignore Parliament, is no unless Parliament allows itself to be ignored, it's up to Parliament to um, express its its views. So under the Fixed-Term Parliaments Act, that is how a vote of no confidence would happen now. If no confidence is voted in uh, Boris Johnson's administration, um, there are 14 days after which, if there isn't a positive vote of confidence in an alternative government, automatically be a general election. Um, I think if the government falls, then the first thing MPs are going to need to do on this question in the Corbyn letter, which we can come on to, if if you like, about how you interpret the so-called caretaker convention, the first thing MPs need to do is ask Boris Johnson what his interpretation of that convention is. If he th- says to them that he thinks it's fine to go into a general election um, and drop out of the EU on a no deal before election day, then MPs effectively have 14 days to take action. And they can act in two ways. They can either vote confidence in an alternative government to prevent the general election happening immediately, or they can pass legislation to require the existing government to go and seek an extension to Article 50 and to accept the extension that's offered.
0: Presumably, though, they would need to start planning that now. I mean, whose responsibility is it to start looking at how to deal with all these possible eventualities?
1: Uh, Well, ultimately, uh, I mean, that's a very good question. Ultimately, the answer is Parliament. Now, Parliament is a disparate organisation, obviously comprising, I mean, this is primarily the House of Commons, so comprising 650 individuals. And under normal times, Um, essentially, parliament is coordinated by the political parties. But on this Brexit issue, both political parties are hugely split. Um, And therefore, it falls to MPs to get themselves organised if there is a majority against no deal, which very clearly there has been a majority expressed repeatedly against no deal, but it's a cross-party majority. They need to get themselves organised to ensure that their majority votes either for an alternative government or to force the existing government to seek an extension to Article 50 to prevent us falling out with no deal. If they don't manage
0: to get themselves organised, there has been a lot of talk in the past few days about these various scenarios. Brexit happening during an election campaign, a Prime Minister refusing to stand down if he loses a vote of confidence, this alternative government. I mean, who is the ultimate authority when it comes to the Constitution? Who would make the final ruling if all of these fears came to pass?
1: Well, essentially, sorry to repeat myself, essentially the answer to that is the House of Commons. If they're
0: still sitting. And is that then the Speaker?
1: Uh, th- no, no, the House of Commons as a body. So the House of Commons will be sitting because the defeat which the Theresa May uh, government suffered right towards the end of its tenure um, over Northern Ireland... Effectively ruled out a prorogation, which was one thing that people were fearful of. So Parliament will be sitting. Um, one of the proposals, one of the things that's been floating around, is this idea which you just mentioned that if there is a vote of no confidence in Boris Johnson, he could somehow ignore that vote of no confidence and stay on anyway. He really can't. Um, really, if, really, that is not a possibility at all. Well. Not if Parliament expresses its desire by majority to have somebody else take his place. If Parliament decides, if the House of Commons votes in favour of an alternative government, then that is the House of Commons as the highest authority, in effect, is sending then a signal to the Queen that she needs to appoint an alternative Prime Minister. So you could say that the Queen is the ultimate backstop here, but really the Queen acts on the authority of the House of Commons. Normally, The Prime Minister is the Queen's principal advisor. But the advice that comes from um, the Prime Minister to the Queen is based on an assumption that the Prime Minister enjoys parliamentary confidence. If he loses that confidence, the ultimate authority is Parliament. And one of the things which maybe should be dispelled is that there are ways in which the courts can intervene on these things. There are some things on which the courts can intervene. So, for example, if there was a statute passed to require him to go and seek an extension and he refused to do so, that would be a matter for the courts. He would be in breach of the law. But on some of these other matters, ultimately, Parliament needs to step up and make a decision and it is the final authority and the Queen will have a duty then to implement what Parliament demands. If
0: there were deadlock in Parliament, say. There were no majority for one course of action. What about this idea that was floated by the former Supreme Court Judge Jonathan Sumption of appointing a special committee of privy councillors to advise the Queen on what to do?
1: I think Jonathan Sumption's idea is is an interesting one, um, but I doubt that it could be got together within the timetable that we're talking about here. We're talking about urgent matters. You know, I think there are quite a lot of things that we're going to want to review when the dust has settled on this, if it ever does, in terms of things that might need tightening up and improving in our constitution and in Parliament itself. But at the moment I think we're operating under the rules they are now. And, uh, and another thing to say is, I, th- I think which is really crucial is that we've always had by we've traditionally we've had what people refer to as an unwritten constitution. It's not entirely unwritten. Things are written down and increasingly things are being written down. Um, but it is still a convention, that re- a constitution which relies a great deal on convention. And some of these key things, like this caretaker convention that you don't take – if you are a prime minister who's lost the support of the House of Commons, your government can no longer take major decisions. It can't take decisions with long-term consequences. That's what Corbyn is writing about. That is a convention. It is not really enforceable by the cabinet secretary or by the courts. It is only enforceable by parliament.
0: Professor Meg Russell, Director of the Constitution Unit at University College London. Thank you. Thank you.